is good. Oh, come on. All the time. Crank it up. This isn't a youth meeting. This is church. In this heart of mine. If you know it, you can sing it. Well, God is good. Oh, yes, He is. All the time. You better believe it. Through that darkest night, His light will shine. Declare it. Well, God, God is, is good. God is good. You know, country and western music's in heaven. All the time. Here we go. Come on. Whoa. God is good. All the time. Put a song of praise in this heart. Come on, Todd. Sing it. God is good. Woo-hoo. All the time. Through that darkest night, this light will shine. God, God is good. God is good. All the time. Yes, he is. You're walking through that valley And there are shadows all around Do not fear, He will guide you He will keep you safe and sound He has promised yes, he has. to never leave you Never leave you Or forsake you And His word is Let's true declare. God is good oh. all the time a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through that darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good. Oh, who put put your hand up if you've never heard that before? Well, some of you are not game to put your hand up. I love that song. That came out in the nineties. And I remember singing that as an item in Canberra. We are preaching in Canberra. <coughs> we can sing that little ditty. And I know Izzy, she was putting her hands underneath the seat because she wanted to get up and dance. But she said, don't do that. And uh, we can sing that song. We can declare it, God is good. But through life's journey, some of us forget how good actually God is. And I want to share on that this morning. Can you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come around your word today and I'm going to be preaching on even still, God is good. No matter what, God is good. I ask and pray, Holy Spirit, as you always do every Sunday, you faithfully come and support, encourage and lift and anoint your word. May you breathe on this word this morning and bring life to it. Life Church, would you join with me? Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear anoint my eyes to see and anoint my heart to receive not just listen but apply your word today and everyone shout it out amen thank you Izzy this morning there is a handout note too if you want a handout note just quickly raise your hand now there should be beside your seats there God is good. Say with with me this morning. Say, God is good all the time. All the time. Over this right-hand side, declare, God is good. Over here. God is good. 
Okay, I really want to hear from the Philippines this morning. God is good? Yeah, I think you got there. Just a little bit of Philippines. Let's go for the middle section here because this is the section you say they're just retired, they're pensioners, they're, they're nothing. But I want to show you this morning that there is life in those old bones. And I, yeah, just get ready, get ready. I, no, no, you're going to scare those people soon. But on the left-hand side, Pastor Dave's leading. Shout out, God is good. See, pensioners have it. We have it. There's something in us. And it says, even in your old age, you shall bear much fruit. I don't know about you, but I, when I first got saved, I found out God actually is good. And uh, it was just an amazing journey. Whatever I prayed for, God seemed to answer. <clears throat> and uh, if people said, God is good. And if something happened to me, I would say, yeah, that's not a problem because God will answer that. If I lost a job, that's not a problem because God will make a way. If I struggled financially, that's okay. God will make a way. God is good. But as I journeyed through life and encountered different situations, along the way in the bruisings and the batterings and the beatings came the question, is God really good? Now, I know he's good for Pastor Dave. I know he's good for Peter and Carol. I know he's good for Bob, but for me, I just don't know if he's that good. Because when you look at my life, <clears throat> the Bible says, Psalm 100 verse 5, and I want you to read this with me. Let's go. One, the Lord is always good. Just nudge your friend beside you and say, always. He is always loving and kind. And his faithfulness goes on and on to each succeeding generation. The Passion Translation reads this. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises to every generation. God is good. Pastor Mark, sometimes, sometimes God is good. So where do you stand on this truth today? This is what I want to question. Well, Pastor Mark, how can I assess if I'm really true north with declaring God is good or if I've drifted off track. There's four little indicators that I want to share this morning. Have I drifted off course with a belief that God is always good no matter what? Number one, I've checked in with myself and one of the things that I've found is if I've drifted, number one, I start claiming credit for things God actually did for me. I start putting myself in there. Oh, look at what you've got. Yeah. I got the house. I built the house and, and it was through my hard work. And uh, I know there's aspects of that. Oh, well, what about the way you raised your kids? Yes, I know. Well, I tell you what, I was the major player in that. If it wasn't for my firmness, if it wasn't for this, 
I start taking credit. Oh, what about your church? Yeah, I know. What? For me, but for me. And I've drifted if I start to take credit for things that actually God did for me. One of the things Michelle and I have tried to live by all our life is living with a thankful attitude and a spirit of thankfulness. We have a pattern. Every week, sometimes, I don't know how many times we'll say it. We drive up the driveway of our house and it's just a simple pattern now in a habit. As we're driving into our driveway, we say, Father, thank you for this house. You've blessed us with a good house. I had a little green car. Remember that car, Tiffy? That little Corolla, we called it the green frog. It was a little thing. It, it just used to hop along like a frog. And uh, we took it places and spaces. I remember there was Chloe and Candace and Travis and uh, Chloe. Uh, who, was, who was the other one? One's missing. Tiffy. Tiffy. <laughs> I'm going through the list. And uh, they said, Uncle Mark, take me. So I'd drive up on a park and uh, where you're not supposed to drive. And I'd go flat out and I'd pull the handbrake on and we'd do circles. And as they're all, they're face up against the window, you know, and they're screaming, Uncle Mark, do it again. So I'd go to another park and we'd whip around, you know, then we'd hopefully not get caught by the police. And we'd go home. And, uh, but you know, that little car was gifted to me, $1,800. And uh, as long as I prayed over it every day and filled it up once a week, it kept going. It kept going. And, uh, but I was thankful for that car. And I'd hop in that little Corolla and I'd say, Father, thank you for the Corolla. I had to go and pick up a guest speaker who'd flown in from America. This is way back when I was working for Pastor Chris. I didn't know that uh, there was a certain expectation when you arrived at the airport as an international guest speaker. I just went out there in my little Corolla, my little frog, and he came out with his matching handbags, and, or not handbags, but luggage, and all of this. And uh, he said to me, he said, uh, Pastor Mark, uh, where is your vehicle? And I said, here. He said, this. I said, this is it. And he hopped in the car and his knees came up to here. You know, put the luggage in the back, one up the top, squeezed the other one in. And when we arrived at church, he said, uh, Pastor Mark, please never pick me up in that car again. And I went, okay, but it's thankful. It's my little car. We'll sit at home sometimes and we'll just look at each other, Michelle and I, and go, we're thankful for our family. Put our hand out, hold each other. Oh, I know, this is getting soppy now. And, but we are. We carry a thankfulness. Often we, we'll, we'll be just driving down the street and we'll say, I'll look at her and I'll say, sweetheart, you know we're blessed. She says, yeah, we're blessed. Carrying a spirit of thankfulness. You see, where we are today, where Michelle and I are today, has nothing to do with Mark's skills, good luck, Michelle's good management. We declare where we are today is purely because of the goodness of God. Can I hear an amen? So we say today, I've upgraded from a little Corolla. Now I've got a Camry. It's a second-hand one. James looks after it. And I say, thank you, Father, for that Camry. As I drive into the front yard, thank you. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our marriage. Thank you for our finances. If we carry the spirit of thankfulness in all we're doing, what we're acknowledging is God is good all the time. But I know I've drifted. The moment I start taking credit, for things that God has actually done in my life. The Apostle Paul writes about this foolishness of not being full of thankfulness. He writes in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, What do you have that God hasn't 
given you. If all you have is from God, why act as though you are so great and as though you accomplished it all on your own, Mark, if it's all from God? What I want to do right now, and this is going to test how much you're really thankful for God. And at the end of this test, I know you're all going to say, thank you, Jesus. Right now, I want you to take a deep breath and hold your breath, but I don't want you to breathe anymore. That next breath didn't come from your skills. It came from God. Thank you, Jesus. I can breathe. It's the reality of our life. The second thing I can find in my life if I've drifted is I tend to stop asking God for help. Oh, yeah, when things go really pear-shaped, I mean, I let out a big cry for help. It's got to be serious. But I can find myself forgetting to pause and ask God for help. This is a big one. In the daily, small, little things. If I forget to do that, if during the day I haven't asked God for four or five things, when I drive through the car park, who does this? Who prays and says, Holy Spirit, get me a car park right up near the entrance? Who does that? Oh, we've got about five people. I do that all the time. I say, Holy Spirit, guide me to that real perfect spot. But I can tend to forget to ask God to ask for the little things because it's a reflection of this. I actually don't believe God is concerned about the little things in my life. I'm a father. I have uh, beautiful children. And I want them to know and I send signals. Don't just come to me with the big problems. You can come to mum and dad with whatever challenges you're facing. Don't ever think it's just a small thing because what's worrying you, you need to share. And the father we serve is the same as us. He has this conscious awareness and an alertness. Whatever you're carrying, if it's too much for you, I want you to lean into me. And I can find if I've drifted away from, the, oh, God is good all the time, if I forget to ask him for help in my little things. Matthew 7, 7 says this, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. But when we forget God's goodness, our prayers can sometimes be shallow, just rote prayers. prayers. Oh, Father, thank you. Father, thank you but not genuinely attaching itself because we've forgotten that he actually longs to lean in and hear about our every small little things. When's the last time you've said, God, I know you're a good God. I know you want to meet my needs. You've told me over and over you'll meet my needs. Well, here, Lord, I've been struggling with a stomachache. Lord, my situation at work, Lord, my worries about my child. Lord, my concerns about this. Little things. If it is big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. I want to invite my darling wife up to the platform now, and she's going to share an interesting, funny story about how God really is interested in little things. Can you put your hands together for her this morning? I had a little revelation when the kids were young that God is interested in every detail of my life. There's a scripture about that in Romans. But anyway, this is just a funny little story, but 
about a mother's heart to want to bless her child. And I remember one time we went over on a missions trip and um, I, I just said to the kids, what's one little thing I can just bring back for you? Well, my um, daughter was just, she would, wanted this perfume. But it was quite expensive. It was $150 or $60 or something. And I couldn't afford that. I thought, oh, maybe it's cheaper overseas. But it wasn't. I came back and I'm like, oh, God, I just really want to bless my daughter with this perfume. And I said, I can't spend any more than $50, you know. So I just started walking around Tea Tree Plaza. And I'm going, God, under $50, I need this perfume. And I walked into all the shops. Anyway, I got into this one chemist. And I went to the perfumes and there was this big bottle of this perfume for under $50. And I'm like, oh, surely that tag's wrong. So I'm like looking down now, the same, no, no, that's the one. So I went to the, to the um, counter and I just said, oh, you know, can, I'd like to buy this thing. I says, is that the right price, you know? And she looked at it and she went, oh, no. She says, oh, no, that's, oh, I better go and change that straight away. And I said, oh, just hang on a minute. I said, um that's advertised for that price. So can I have it for that price? I thought I'd be bold and ask. She goes, ooh, I don't know about that. She says, I'll have to go and ask my manager. So she came back and she said, yeah, my manager said you can have it for that price, but I'm putting that tag up, changing it straight away. And I, it was just, it just blessed me to think that God was concerned about my heart from, to bless my child, but also about just the child's desire to want something special like that. And he gave it to me for that. Wait there, wait there. And God, he just knew the big corporations can deal with that. But uh, I really want them to tell the story about the spider. Oh, gosh. I can't remember all of it. But anyway, we had a um, show and tell at, at, at school, sorry. And um, they had to bring an animal, their pet. Well, we didn't have any pets. The only thing we had was this huntsman spider that used to hang around our house all the time. And we used to call him Harry the Huntsman. So we said to Chloe, all right, Chloe, you can take Harry <laughs> for your pet. And anyway, the night before, we were going to get a little jar and put him in there. And we couldn't find him anywhere. So we're like... Harry must have heard you talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he, took, he did a runner. So we like, we pray. We go, God, we need to find Harry. And huntsmen's are quite hard when they take off. So he said, God, we need to find Harry. Anyway, we couldn't find him. And the next morning we get up to go to school to, um, and anyway, we opened the front door and there was Harry on the ground at the front door. Unfortunately, he was dead, but he was there. And I, th I can't remember if we put him in a, <laughs> can't remember if we put him in a bottle and took him anyway. I can't remember. But I just thought it was so funny that we just found him was like right at the front door anyway. So the motto is, be careful what you pray for. God might kill some of you. But I can remember Chloe was so upset because she was going to be the only one that didn't have show and tell and all of that. And they got to the front door and next but they opened it and, ah, there's Harry. So, uh, but, it, you know, we can laugh about those little things, but to a father's heart, it's small little things. And I want to encourage you this morning don't think this thing is too small to tell God about because he is a good God. He is a loving father. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us come boldly to the throne of our good and gracious God. Verse 16 in the, in the Passion Translation says this, so now we draw near freely and boldly to our loving father to where grace is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss 
and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. The message says, now that we know what we have, we have Jesus, a good God, a loving Father, this great high priest with ready access to God. Let's not let it slip through our fingers. Let's take advantage during the day. He is a good God. He does love me. He is concerned about my silly little things. If it's serious enough to you, it's not, ser it's not silly to him. He is a good God. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. So pray, ask God knowing that he is a good God. Well, Pastor Mark, there's a slight delay to my prayers. That's okay. He's simply testing our faith. So quick recap. I can find at times if I'm forgetting how good God actually is, when I find myself taking all the credit for the things that God is doing. And the second thing is I can tend to stop asking God for help. Number three, a little checkpoint for me is, I can find myself stop trusting God in difficult times. As the memories and the truth of God's goodness begins to fade in my life, so does my posture in quickly leaning into him to trust him, especially in difficult times. When we find ourselves in difficult places, we try to work it out ourselves. We find out we go and seek someone else's help. We'll go and ask Bill. We'll ask Joe. We'll ask Jan. We'll ask him about this situation. And the last thing we do is we might go, oh, I know what we can do. How about we ask and pray God as the only last resort? But David wrote in Psalms, Psalm 16, protect me, God, because I trust in you. You are my Lord and every good thing I have comes from you. The apostle Paul understood this truth. He is a good God. Romans chapter 5 verse 3, Paul says, you know, we can have joy even in our troubles, even in the tough times. Even when things are going wrong, we can have joy. Why? Because we know beyond a shadow of doubt that these troubles are good for us, producing patience and character and hope. And what the Apostle Paul is saying is this, even still, God is good. Say that with me. Even still, God is good. Through the good times, through the tough times, through the bad times. God is in control. He's watching over me. He has a purpose for me. He has a good plan for you. Even amongst your tough times, I want you to walk out of here today knowing God is good. I love this passage of Scripture, Romans, uh, in the message. It says this, and I really want you to get this, if you've been going through a tough time. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. I want to say to you today, don't feel like you're in it by yourself. I want to encourage you today, if you're going through a tough time and a tough season, and you think I'm by myself. God's Holy Spirit is there helping you. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sigh, our aching 
groans. Have you ever sat there and faced a situation and done this? <sighs> well, God's got this divine program that takes <sighs> and converts that into a prayer. The Holy Spirit. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. And that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is being worked into something good. God will take your, sometimes we come home, you've ever done it on a Sunday night, you said, what are we going to have for supper? You open the fridge, you said, I've got a bit of leftover pork, I've got a bit of leftover lasagna, I've got a little bit of leftover spaghetti, I've got a little bit of leftover, you put it all on the kitchen table, you put it all together, shake it, and didn't begin to serve it. Who's done that? Not a soul. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and that's how God takes our lives. Sometimes there's some good parts, some bad parts, some frustrating parts and all of that. But God says, don't worry about that. I know that you're walking through a part over here that's frustrating. I know that you're walking through a part over here that's fearful. I know that you're walking through a part over here that you're scared about. But don't, I, do, I want you to, to remember this. I'm working through it all. I'm a good God. No, no matter what you're being faced with, I, I, you might not have the answers to that. You might not have the answers to this. But there is one thing you can be sure of. I am a good God. I am a good God. And let that be that stake in the ground. Let that be that strength there. Oh, they, people might say, what about that? What about this? What about what you're going through? Yeah, I know that's called life. Aren't you upset? No. Why? Because I serve a good God. I have a good God. He is a good God. Now I know not everything that happens in my life is good, but that doesn't change the way I view my God. He is good. The fourth and final thing I find as a checklist for me if I've drifted off this, I've forgotten how good God actually is. I can tend to become pessimistic about the future. I'm normally an optimistic guy. I, my uh, makeup and personality puts me in management, puts me in sales, put me in a room of six guys that had a shocking week last week with sales. Give me an hour with them. They'll walk out that door pumping. It's just part of who I am. But I tell you what, live life long enough, you get a cop a few whacks, <laughs> and that, that pump starts to get a few little holes in it. I'm the sort of guy that if you gave me a cup, you said, oh, look at that. That's all we've got left. I would say, no, no, that's not half empty, that's half full. It's how you see things. But one of the little signs and signals that maybe, just maybe I've forgotten how good God is, is my lens have become blurred. And now I'm becoming more pessimistic than optimistic. I don't think my marriage really will work. Nah, 
I don't ever think my kids will come back to the Lord. It's been too long. Been way too long. Oh, you don't know what they're involved in. You don't know how many years I've been praying. I've gave up on praying. I don't think my finances will ever change. I don't think I'll ever get that job that I know I should have. And what's happened is through the scaling of the lenses, it's changed the language. But deeper than that, what it's actually doing is it's revealing a forgotten, a timeless truth. My God is a good God. And His eye is ever on me. And His arm is not too short. He is a good God. And what will shoot strength back into my spirit, fire back into my soul, faith into my life, is knowing recognizing and remembering my God is a good God. David shares this truth in Psalms. I would have despaired. I would have been desperate. I would have been in total despair unless, shout at me unless, unless I had believed that I'd seen the goodness, there it is, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The Aussie translation to that is, man, I would have been lost up a creek without a paddle, totally lost except for one thing. One thing kept me on track. One thing kept me sane. One thing kept me positioned. God is a good God. And so David writes on further, so knowing that God is good, he writes, so wait for it, be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. What he's saying is, Mark, don't be quick to throw things away. Mark, don't be quick to throw up the white flag. Don't be quick to do that. And he's encouraging families today with your children. Don't be quick just to put the surrender up. Know that God is good. He has heard your cry. He has heard your sigh. Wait for Him, for help is on the way. And He would encourage you today. The plans I have for you are good. Your future is secure. My love for you has never changed. My belief in you has never faltered. When I think about you, my heart overflows with great joy. Remain steadfast, strong, and you will see and experience the goodness of the Lord. So how do I know if I've maybe drifted? Number one, I start claiming credit for things God actually did for me. I can find myself stop asking God for help. I can tend to become pessimistic about the future. And I can stop trusting God in difficult times. This morning when you arrived at church, you got communion. Communion is about one thing, one word, remembrance. And what we're going to do now is we're going to invite you to have communion. If you haven't got communion, just put your hand up. There's people over here, thank you. And what we're going to do is we're going to invite you to take communion this morning. And there's a song I'm going to put up on the screen.
And it's a song called Remembrance. And there's one part of this song, and it says these words, You've been so good, so, so good to me. You've been so, so good to me. Oh, to think where I would be if not for you, if not for you. You've been so, so good to me. Can you play that song, thank you guys, on the screen as we get ready to take communion? I want you to reflect on these words. I want you to make these words your words. And then at the end, we'll just take communion.
so so good to me you've been so so good to me just with your communion in your hands right now as you take it remember along life's journeys he's been so so good and so faithful let's eat and drink this morning 